0: Ciao, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is with the Italian news, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Monday, February 28th, 2022. As every Monday, just a few numbers about the situation of the contagion in Italy, where we're definitely coming out of this fourth wave as spring is coming. Over the past seven days, with regard of the new positive cases, we averaged a percentage change of minus 19.2% compared with the previous seven days. In the same period, the other change in the number of patients admitted to ordinary COVID wards was minus 18.2% and minus 21.5% in the the intensive care units. On average, in the last seven days, we had 224 deaths a day, with a variation of minus 20.4% compared to the previous seven days. Finally, this curve the worst one is significantly slowing down. The 83.3% of the Italian population has been vaccinated with two doses, while the 63.2% of it it also received the third dose. Over the past 14 days, there has been a decrease in COVID incidence in all regions and age groups. Now, dear friends, we have been hoping for two years to see no more medical bulletins and bad news about a pandemic. But we could hardly have predicted that in the Italian media the news about the Covid would end up in much more backward positions than before because that place at the beginning of newspapers, TV news shows and internet sites would be taken by a war. Make no mistake, there is no war in Italy. We're not fighting here and we won't. There won't be any any war here and there will be no Italian soldiers actually fighting against enemies in, in Ukraine. But the situation for Russia's invasion is very heavy here as well. The last weekend, the streets of Italian cities were filled with Italians demonstrating against the Russian war. Unfortunately, the Russian dictator would not be impressed by this. But it was nice to see Italians of all ages defending the freedom of Ukraine to adhere to the democratic and free principles of the West. Also, because in my memory, this is the first time I've seen demonstrations in Italy that are not against America. Maybe, maybe, finally, even in the Italian streets, people are starting to understand that Although not perfect, it is certainly not America that puts our freedom in danger. On the contrary, it is the exact opposite. We can defend our ideas because American soldiers freed us and American money let us rebuild our country. After having done it a few days ago with Italian citizens residing in Ukraine, in these hours the Italian government is also asking Italian citizens residing in Russia to leave the country. Italy has also closed the airspace to any kind of civil or military aircraft coming from any part of Russia or belonging to a Russian company. The air routes that lead from Italy to Japan and that before the war passed over Ukraine and Russia have been changed and this lengthens by three hours the trips between Rome and Tokyo and all the routes that lead to the Far East from Italy. One always hopes that the situation will improve and the war will stop. Let's hope so. And there is a daily evolution that risks making the news that is given outdated. In this moment, by the way, the Italian government is meeting to take decisions regarding the aid to be given to Ukraine and the measures to be taken to react against Russia. Italy will send planes, ships, missiles, weapons, ammunition. Kevlar vests and helmets, portable metal detectors, robots for mine clearance. Logistics will be taken care of by NATO. Until September 30, about 4,000 Italian soldiers will be made available to NATO for the mission in Eastern Europe, none of whom will arrive in Ukraine. The first 1,350 are ready to leave and will go to Latvia, Romania and Hungary. Moreover, Italian intelligence is providing help to Ukraine on cybersecurity to face the Russian cyber attacks that aim to paralyze networks and infrastructures. From the economic point of view, Italy completely agrees with the sanctions decided by the European Union, even if the Italian small enterprises of food, fashion, furniture, wood and metals will pay a painful price because they were supposed to, uh, make, to trade with Russia. Uh, among the most exposed Italian regions for export to Russia are Emilia-Romagna, Veneto, Marche, Piedmont, Friuli, Venezia, Giulia and Lombardy. In addition, the war and related sanctions have also raised the price of oil, and now gasoline costs more in Italy than it has in years. Italy has the highest share of taxes on gasoline in all of Europe, so the increase in the cost of oil weighs twice as much on the cost of the final user who goes to the pump to buy gasoline. According to a report, this will mean an increase in the cost of gasoline for every Italian family of 400 euros in a year. Returning to the sanctions, those decided against Russia provided many Russian banks are excluded from the Swiss system, an acronym for Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. It is the main global system used by credit institutions to carry out mon- monetary transactions between the various states in the safest and most transparent way. In a nutshell, this means that Russian banks affected by this decision will be excluded from international ex- exchanges and trades. And this is a huge, huge blow for Russia. But Europe is trying to avoid these decisions from preventing the European side from paying for, and therefore receiving, Russian gas. For Italy this would be a bigger problem than for other European countries, not only because we depend on Russian gas more than others, but because Italian banks are among the most exposed financial institutions to the Russian banks. Regarding Russian gas, as we said in the last video, it accounts for about 40% of Italian consumption. The Italian government is trying to understand how to act in order to prepare for the hypothesis that this share would not be available in the, in the future, but 40% is a huge percentage. The law that the government is thinking about provides for greater flexibility in the use of different sources of electricity in the country to feel any shortcomings in the immediate future. The idea of the government would be to preserve the gas still available to Italy and use alternative sources for energy production, without excluding the possibility of interrupting the closer procedure, scheduled for, to be completed in 2025, of the seven coal-fired power plants destined, destined to end the production cycle as part of the ecological transition involving the Italian energy policy. These plants are located in Sardinia, Lazio, Puglia, Liguria, Friuli, Venezia, Giulia and Veneto. But in the meantime there would be also agreements with Algeria and Azerbaijan to increase the share of gas we buy from them, which today is respectively 28% and 10% of our needs. Italy has the largest uh, Ukrainian community in Europe uh, consisting of 240,000 people. Just to let you understand, 200,000 is more or less the number of people born in Italy and then moved to the US in recent years. Ukrainian in Italy now are 240,000. Now the first buses of Ukrainian refugees fleeing the Russian invasion of the country arrived in northern Italy over the weekend. Women on board the bus said that their husbands had stayed behind to fight the invading Russian forces. After crossing into Italy, the passengers made their way to the homes of friends and family, mainly in northern cities but also in Rome. The European Commissioner for Humanitarian Aid and Crisis Management said that Europe faces its biggest humanitarian crisis in many, many years, estimating that the number of Ukrainians internally displaced by the conflict could reach more than 7 million. The European Union is trying to plan the distribution of incoming Ukrainians, and Italy, according to this program, will be allocated 13% of those who will arrive in Europe fleeing Ukraine at war although many of the Ukrainians fleeing, who do not have family members already expatriated to other European countries, will ask or at least try to stay in the borderlands and then return home as soon as possible, that is, in Romania, Hungary, Slovakia, Poland and Moldova. (coughs) Throughout Italy there are many communities, citizens, welcoming groups, many, many people that have been preparing since the first day of the war to help and welcome the Ukrainian refugees. Italy is in the front line in the humanitarian emergency. We have the strongest and most consider- consolidated reception network in all of Europe for refugees who have been arriving from years, for years from Africa and the Middle East through the experience of our so-called Corridoi Humanitari, the humanitarian corridors, a model of excellence copied by other Europe, European countries. The irony is that among the European countries, until a few days ago, those most reluctant to welcome those in need from Africa and the Middle East were precisely those in Eastern Europe, which today are the first to be crossed by the exodus of refugees arriving from Ukraine. Now let's try to close this video with three small, tiny, positive stories. Positive in the sense that the word positive had before Covid. Three stories of hope. They are small, they are tiny, they don't change history, and they are not at all comparable to the troubles of the world. But they are there, they are about Italy, and we, the Italian News was not born to be a medical bulletin and does not want to turn into a war bulletin. Now, the first new story tells of Il Violino del Mare, the violin of the sea, the first violin in the world made from the wood of one of the many boats used by African ma- migrants arriving in Italy on the voyages of hope, which unfortunately often turn into sea tragedies. The production of this violin took about two two and a half months and together with other instruments that would be produced in the same way it will compose a string of orchestra of the sea destined to bring this music to the world. The work was produced in the violin making workshop located in the Milan prison and run with the help of prison inmates. It's miraculous that a product recycled from the wood of old boats sounds so good," says violinist uh, Carlo Lazzaroni. The acoustic result is surprising and if I close my eyes I don't notice the difference. The second story is similar. A social cooperative has created coffee from with the University of Milan as part of a project involving companies in the bioplastic chain. About a ton of exhausted coffee grounds produced 5,500 cups the cooperative use coffee grounds a byproduct usually manages waste, transforming it into an innovative material extremely versatile, with which it made a coffee cup to taste it at its best with a strong reduction of the environmental, environmental impact. It is an innovation 100 percent made in Italy, an example of circular economy in which Italy is a leader in Europe and in the world. The third piece of good news is very rhetorical. You will forgive me. Yesterday at the the Teatro San Carlo in Naples, Giuseppe Verdi's Aida was performed. And at the end of the opera, during the many minutes of applause for a very beautiful performance, the Ukrainian soprano Lyudmila Monastriska and the Russian mezzo-soprano Ekaterina Gubanova came out on stage and hugged for a long time, surrounded by the standing ovation of the whole theater representing the feelings of the whole city and of the whole country world doesn't change because of these things and war doesn't stop just like that we know that I know that and once again I apologize for this rhetoric but it was nice to see this hug right in Naples which as you know in my opinion is the last hope of humanity and so please forgive my rhetoric, but I wanted to end this video with something good please stay safe please Take care. My name is Umberto Mucci. This was with the, the Italian News. I'll see you next Thursday. Hopefully, hopefully the war will be ended by that day. I really, really hope so. But I'll see you next Thursday anyway. My name is Umberto Mucci. Ciao from Rome.